Today's scripture reading is from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and, put, and, and feel the print of, it, print of the nails and put my hand to his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, shut the doors, and stood amongst them, and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here, and see, and see my hands, and, and feel the mark of the nails, and put your hand to my side, and be not faithless, but believe in me. Thomas answered, and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus then said to them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who have not seen, but still believe. Good morning. Great to see everyone here, um, members and, and guests alike. Uh, welcome. Uh, we're going to today, church, look at, uh, and I'll say briefly because it, it, it's a subject that is dealt with hundreds of times. Uh, it, it, it appears hundreds of times in the Gospels and, and Acts alone. But the idea of, of Christ as Lord. Um, Jesus, for Thomas's sake, did what he needed to do in order for Thomas to believe that he was the resurrected Christ. You know, I, I don't know the tone. Um, sometimes when I read it, it's, it's sarcastic um, when he's saying, you know, you, you believe now that you've seen. Um, simply emphatic, I, I don't know. But he did what he needed to do for Thomas to acknowledge that he was resurrected. He was the resurrected Christ, and he names him Lord and God. And so the initial question is, what has Christ done for you? What has Christ done that you and I believe to the point that we name him Lord and Christ in our lives. And then what we're going to do, we're going to walk through a few scriptures this morning and deal with the idea of him being Lord and Christ in, in one's life and what, and what that looks like, what that looks like. Because as, as, I, as I prepared for this, as, as I mauled it over as, as I considered it. It is, a, it is a daunting thing. It is a daunting thing to name him Lord and Christ in, in your life. And so let's just start with looking at the definitions of, <clears throat> of Lord. And so Lord in Scripture, in the, in, in the, in the Greek, means supreme authority 
um, master. Okay, and and when you think about a master, right? What what is a, a master in our understanding? Well, uh, you know, is a, a master someone that you obey? You know, a, a master has, by definition, absolute authority over his subject. A master expects his subjects to follow him, to be in complete subjection to him. And that's a, that is a lot to take in, just that in and of itself. To have a Lord that is master. Because Christ is both Lord and God. And so the idea of Christ, right? He is named Lord and he's named Christ. And Christ, as we know, right? The, the, you know, the Greek is Christos. Um, it means to be anointed, to, to, to be the Messiah, to be consecrated for an office. And we, the, 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 the list is enormous. But think about the role that Jesus Christ has. Some of the things, right? He is the head of the church. He has been named the high priest. He is our sacrifice for sins. John tells us he is the propitiation. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. He is the propitiation, which is a one-sided offering. He did himself for us what only he could do. And, 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 and what he offered was himself as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of, of me, of you, and yes, for the entire, the entire world. And so um, he wears many hats in, in his office as, as Christ. And so... To name him Lord and Christ means that I place myself in subjection to him. That I acknowledge him freely as my master, the master of my life. Right? In his role as Christ and what that means and what that entails. And so that requires, that requires quite the commitment, does it not? It, it, it is daunting, as I said before. We have to continually reflect upon it, remind ourselves of that relationship because it is easy, is it not, to sway from that, to to. to have a relationship, but not necessarily that relationship, right? Go to church, I'm a churchgoer, you know, read my Bible, go to classes, have studies, but at the heart of it is my relationship with him this, Lord and Christ. So, 
Let's look at some. Let's look at some instances in Scripture where Christ is amongst His people and a point comes in their relationship with Him to where they have to make a decision and come to an understanding of who He really, really is. So we're going we're gonna to look at Matthew 16, right? This is, in, in your Bibles, it'll have the, the little subheading, um, Peter's Confession, probably something, something along those lines. But let's look at it. So, it, beginning in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? Now, Caesarea Philippi, um, no mistake that he asked this question there. Right, so Caesarea Philippi, if you have your map or if you've got your map in your, in your mind's eye, is um, east of uh, Capernaum, right, um, and <clears throat> north of the Sea of Galilee, right. So, often, you know, oftentimes they would find themselves on the Sea of Galilee, um, and, and on this particular instance, they're up in Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi is, is a very interesting, unique place because it was full of temples and idols, right? For all sorts of, all sorts of gods, pagans, right? And so as, as they're moving through this area, I envision um, them seeing all of these temples where people would gather and worship false gods, right? Um, idols, idolatry practiced um, for, 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 for centuries. And so as they're, as they're passing through and seeing all this, Jesus takes the opportunity, or makes the opportunity, to ask this question, who do people say that I am? Right? Now he knows, but he's wanting his disciples to go through the exercise right, of, of really thinking and discerning his identity and, 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 and his role. And so they say, well, you know, some say you're, you know, you're John the Baptist. Um, and, and some Elijah and others Jeremiah um, or one of the prophets. And so there's a, you know, there's a, a vast you know, rumor mill and discussion uh, forum out there with regard to Christ and, and who, this, who this guy is that, that's performing these miracles, that, that's teaching with this authority. All right? and, and so the, 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 you know, the, the, the rumor mills are, are, are moving. And, and so people just aren't quite sure. You know, they undoubtedly they think he's somebody religious, right? He's somebody that's got some, that's got some, some power. You know, he, and he's not just any old guy. You know, they, they picked some pretty high level names in religious history, you know, religious management, some guys with some pedigree. You know, this guy is pretty special, and we know from our history. Uh, the type of people that, that, that could kind of fill these shoes. And so <clears throat> he says to them, but you guys, who do you think I am at this point? Right? They've seen many things. They've seen him casting out demons. They've seen him heal the blind, the sick, the lame. Right? They, they've seen him bring the dead back to life. They've, they've seen him 
um, turn bread and fish into meals for thousands upon thousands. Right? They've seen him take command of the weather. The storms and the seas obey his voice. They've, they've seen this. Um, and yet, Thomas, at the end, still wasn't sure that he was the one who truly has power over death, that he was resurrected. And so, if the guys that walked with him and talked with him weren't sure at times, then how can you and I in the world be sure? Have that assurance, have that confidence, right? What has he done that prompts you and me to name him Lord and Christ, Master and Savior in, in our lives? And so Peter, right, Peter's great. Peter jumped up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? And Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. This, this rock of belief and confession, I will build my church, and, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, so Peter has this gumption, right? Um, and some of the others have this gumption that, that this guy indeed, right, whom God has said, this is my son, I am well pleased, right? They see and hear it more often, right? Mount of Transfiguration, one chapter over. This is my son, listen to him. God announces. And so there are those, there are those that step out, step up, and name him Lord and Christ in, in their lives. Let's look at, let's look at uh, Paul's note or, or address to the Ephesians. In, in Ephesians 3, he says this, and, and interesting, right, if memory serves me, that um, there, there's a section down through here in, in, in the early part of the, of the book, the first 14 verses, I believe, that was all one, one, one sentence. It was, it was an opening prayer um, for, for the people without, without break, without interruption. And he's going he's gonna to have some of the similar language um, revisited here. He says, you know, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is again. Christ and Lord combined 
in whom, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith with him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And, and don't miss this, right? This, this is part of what he's telling them that we can have, that, that we should be, right? In Christ Jesus, him as our Lord and Savior, there is, there is a richness of life that is to be had, that, that, is, that is to be walked in, um, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, there is so much there, it is hard to get your mind around. But this, the, 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 the first and simplest takeaway is, man, that, that is a lot. That, that is life-changing. That is life-altering to to. To find yourself in a place where, where Christ is dwelling in you, that, that he's filling you up, that you're able to be rooted, right? Steadfastly rooted and grounded in love and knowing that love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, right? It, it surpasses intellectual description, intellectual understanding. Like what he said to Peter, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. That, that, that comes, that's a spiritual thing. That, that's a spiritual understanding, a spiritual awakening that comes from the Father. But he says, I want you to be filled with the fullness of God. And that's kind of mind-blowing. That's kind of mind-blowing. That I, the idea to be filled with the fullness of everything that is God, that every, everything that is goodness, right? Everything that God re represents, mercy, and compassion, right? And, and, and love and, and fellowship, all, all, of, all of that great and beautiful things that are, that are God. I want you to be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or thank according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So spend some time in Ephesians and especially Ephesians 3 this week in, in, in your personal study and take some time 
digest that section of Scripture because it is a formula for what you and I, for what the world, for what Christians, those that, that, that put on Christ, those that name Him Lord in their lives, those that subject themselves to Him, those that, that, that choose to obey His teaching and walk in Him, understanding and, and enjoying the benefits of His many offices for our sake. Spend some time with that. Here's, a, here's another one. This is the story of the rich young ruler. Once again, your, your subheading will say something to that effect. This is, this is Matthew 19, rich young ruler. So, and, and this gives us a little contrast to the, to the thinking and the idea of you know, religion, religious practices, Versus that relationship that names Christ Lord and Savior in, in one's life. The difference, the difference in walks, the difference in willingness, right, to truly follow um, a, a master. So behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me what is good? There's only one who is good. And if you would enter life, keep the commandments. Well, he's feeling pretty good about himself right now. Um, he says, well, which ones? And Jesus said to him, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so he's, he's checking these things off. Got it, got it, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Good. So the young man said, well, all these I've kept. Um, what do I still lack? And Jesus says, well, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Well, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, you know, and it's interesting. I don't know what additional exchange may or may not have occurred, just supposition. But we don't have any, um, any, any record given us about any, any, any further back and forth, any arguments from him, um, you know, saying, Well, you know, that's not part of the Ten Commandments. You know, I, you know I, I don't see that. I've got neighbors. But, but an understanding took place with this guy. There was some level of application, I believe, that this young man had that made him sorrowful. I, I believe something clicked where he saw a deficit. He saw, he saw something missing with regard to his relationship with Christ, with the Heavenly Father, right? And, and it made him sad because he then found himself conflicted. He found himself conflicted with the things that he does and checks off versus, Tom's opinion, versus 
where his true allegiance lie. Right? If, and, and this is where it gets tough, right? This is where it gets tough. When Jesus calls, the, the, sometimes it's, it's tough to say yes and give him the answer that he wants. It's, it's not always easy. Like often it's not easy. In order to make him your master, No one else or nothing else can be your master. Right? That, that is where the rubber meets the road. For him to be your master, no one else, nothing else can be. He requires and expects nothing less than full commitment, full allegiance. And so... The young man went away. And that left, you know, some of the disciples kind of scratching, your, scratching their heads. And so, and so he turned to them and said, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of, of, of God. And so what he's saying is, you know, here's an example, and riches oftentimes becomes people's gods, people's idols, the thing that they value and treasure most, um, the accumulation of it, right? We see examples of it, and there's nothing wrong with, with wealth, nothing wrong with, with having it. We, we, see, we, we see faithful Christians um, and, and, and believers throughout Scripture that, 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 that are wealthy, that are blessed in that way. But we also know that the vast majority of, of people do not commit themselves to the Lord the way they commit themselves to things. I was, I, I've told this story, but I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, some of you have memories like I do anymore. But when, when I delivered pizza um, when I was uh, down at Lipscomb, uh, Worked out of the Green Hills Domino's store. Um, a lot of fun. Had some had some some crazy people that worked there. Um, one guy used to get it. He had a souped-up white rabbit car, and and there were places in in the Green Hills area that were hilly down there where where, where the campus was. And that guy actually would get that thing airborne because that's that's back when you had the thirty-minute guarantee, right? But eventually, some actuaries I know said. We've got, we've got liabilities out there with this 30-minute 30 30 minute guarantee because we had people like this guy that would get airborne um, trying to get those pizzas um, out. But something that, that I found, it's a very affluent area, the Green Hills area. That's, it's, it's near, if you're not familiar with the area, it's, where, you know, it's near uh, where Lipscomb is and, and it's near Music Row. And I delivered pizzas to folks like Minnie Pearl and... Um, I, I don't know the guy's names from Alabama. One of the guys from Al, you know, the group Alabama had a house right there on Granny White Pike and, and things like that. A lot of old money in in uh, the Green Hills area. You know, you got driveways that are a quarter mile, half mile long that were heated. That 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 kind of thing. 
But something I found, and it became very stark to me, is that the wealthiest people were the worst tippers. They were the worst tippers. I delivered a pizza to this one house. It was a mansion. It was up this, up this half-mile paved driveway that was, that was heated. Um, and, and it's back in the 80s, right? Security cameras, gates, that kind of thing. Um, gave the guy a pizza. And uh, I, I'll just say he gave me a $10 bill, and it was, it was nine-something. And, and the guy stood there, and it's his. He's got the right to it. But he stood there and waited for his change. Zero, zero tip. And, uh, and, th and this happened all the time. The folks, the folks that were the best tippers were the average blue-collar workers, middle-low income, because they had a different appreciation for it than, than the others. And again, I'm not saying they're all, they all worship it, but, but you can tell, oftentimes, I could tell, those that had the capacity um, would not turn loose of, of it very, very easily. And so the guys are scratching their heads because they, they see the same thing, right? Nothing's changed. you got folks that love and worship their things. And so when the disciples heard this, that it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. We've all heard those stories that supposedly there was a place, you know, that was very narrow in order for camels to get through it. They had to completely unpack everything on the camel in order to get the camel through the, through the, the, the passageway. Maybe, maybe not, don't know. But the point is, if it was simply a metaphor, he's saying it's a very hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. And, and, and he's undoubtedly saying, I've seen this with this guy before. Or, or guys like him before. They cherish their stuff. You know, we were told earlier in this, in this book, right, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money or mammon. Um, so the disciples said, wow. They were greatly astonished. Then who can be saved? Who can be saved then? It sounds like an impossible thing. And Jesus said, well, with man it is impossible. It is impossible, but not with God. You have to do it God's way. With God, all things are possible. A couple more instances with the idea of how it practically plays out to be asked to name Christ our Lord. Acts 2, I started to do an, an abridged version of it, but it, 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 it uh, doesn't do it justice. So this is the sermon on Pentecost. Peter stood with the other eleven, lifted up his voice, and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but uh, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man arrested by you, by God, or I'm sorry, attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day, still there. Being therefore a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. That he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all Witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this, this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For God did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. <clears throat> right, and what they're seeing, right, they're, they're, they're seeing, and you can go through there in, in, in Acts and, and count all the different uh, nationalities that are, that are present, and, and there's a lot more than, than 12 guys. You know, and they, and they, you know, people have seen, the, they saw the, the Holy Spirit dancing like, like tongues of fire on, on these guys. And, and these uneducated men, uh, these, you know, th these guys that, you know, were spending all this time in, in, in Capernaum and in, in the... The, the outlying areas with, with this guy, they are now standing and doing something miraculous in the presence of all. As, as they're proclaiming what took place within the last 40 days or so, right? Um, with regard to the crucifixion, the arrest, everything that, everything that took place um, that, that, you know, <laughs> we don't spend a lot of time on this, right? But they saw... They saw the, the, the sun veiled. They, people saw and word traveled with regard to the, the veil in the temple being torn. Um, and I can't remember it, but it's, it's, it was something like six inches thick, the fabric tore from the top to the bottom. I mean, it was a, 
it was a miraculous godly godly feat we don't talk a lot about all of the dead saints that came out of their grave that Sunday and, and walked into town what what an event that must have been hey mom Charles is back um, right I mean we, I mean that's all it said about it but land sakes it, it had to be it had to be something right all, all of these dead people resurrected and came into town on resurrection morning and so while they're trying to bribe the guards to lie with regard to the resurrection of Jesus right the cover-up they've got all these other dead bodies that people have, have, have buried for who knows how long that are back on the streets of Jerusalem and so a lot has gone on there's been a lot of attestation taking place and people are set to believe they are set to acknowledge that Jesus has done and God has done through Christ and through the others he, he has done what he needs to do to create faith for people to be able to say yeah I believe I believe I mean we're not asked to believe in nothing right we, we've got scripture and accounts things that have been corroborated through centuries that point to the fact that this happened that this is real that we have somebody who is both Lord and Savior to place our trust in, to place our faith in. So he says, um, for, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ both Lord and Christ, master of lies with his ministry as the Christ, the head of the church, the sacrifice for sins, right? The brother, the one that will dwell within us, the one that, that will help us find that fullness of God in, in this great spiritual life that, that has been presented to us as a gift. And so... I'm going to read it again. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Right? And, and, and it's a great instance where people came to an understanding and they didn't wait for an invitation. They said, what must we do? We get it. We believe you. You know, all the, 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 the pieces have fallen into place. You know, we put it all together. We, we know what happened. We know for certain what happened. And so they say, what shall we do? And so Peter said to them, and this has been going on, right? This, this, this is not a new concept. John the Baptist came preaching. Right, about Christ. He was his forerunner. And he was preaching right, a message with regard to 
repentance, baptism, and forgiveness of sins. John preached that. And they practiced that. Christ and his apostles practiced that. It's been going on for, for years, right? In, in and around this community, they've been seeing it. And so now, though, the final piece is in place so that they could know for certain that he is Lord and Christ. Repent and be baptized is a simple command that he gives them. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, he says. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, continued to encourage them in this matter, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And so that day, those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. When you know for certain, that's the response. That's the response. What must we do? Here and now, we understand. And they said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Simple, straightforward. That's what, that's what God wants. That's what God offers. The hard part was done through Christ. He was the propitiation. That was the difficult piece. Ours is to accept him, name him Lord in our lives. Another response. I can't tell what the clock says up there. We're, we're doing okay. I've got a couple minutes. I've only seen two or three people get up and leave me, so... That's not bad, not bad. Um, I just got one back, so we're, we're, we're on the plus side. Here, here is, and this one, this, this uh, uh, I always think of Steph, this is one of her favorite passages. Um, but, but this section here shows us what it's like for someone in, the, in, their, in their life, in their walk, to have... A relationship an understanding with with Christ as as Lord as right the author of the resurrection and and it's got to do with Lazarus when Jesus came he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days right three days is the is the um, the, the threshold for the decay to kick in that's why you know we, we didn't take time to discuss that when we were reading earlier but that you know when he talks about You'll find that in, in the Psalms, the idea of he, he will not see decay, that he will not be in the tomb uh, three days before his resurrection. So Lazarus has crossed that threshold. <clears throat> he found Lazarus had already been dead <clears throat> in the tomb four days, which is why, he, which is why Christ delayed once he heard that uh, he was on his deathbed. So Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and to Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated uh, in, in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And this is one of the families Jesus was very close with. When he was in town, he would stay with them. He would travel back and forth from Jerusalem, uh, from, from Bethany through the, 
through the Garden of Gethsemane, um, and you know, and that, you know that, that's one of the instances where he cursed the fig tree, just to give you a, kind of a feel for where it is. You know, it's a two-mile two-mile track, but that's where they were. And so many of the, I'm I'm saying the uppity ups came to them because they were a wealthy group. But here's a here's a wealthy family, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, Mary, a wealthy family, that are that are faithful. So. She said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And here's where Martha's, in my, my opinion, she's saying, yeah, I, I know he'll rise again, but I want, him, I, I want him back now. I want him back now, right? Um, I, I know that there is a resurrection of the dead. I believe that, but I, I want him back now. Um, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I chew on that. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And so Martha, Martha, then we know how the story ends. He calls him out. But there was a purpose, right? This is one of the events where you had a faithful person who believed him to be the Lord and the Christ. Yet she was grieving because of the death of her brother. But when Jesus called him forth, we find out later, right, that he did something purposefully to create faith through this family and through Lazarus. Because we are told that many believed because of what he did, because of what Christ did with Lazarus, right? And so he did what he needed to do for people to be able to have confidence to say, you are my Lord. I will, I will name you master in my life. Final thought, and the lesson is, is yours. One of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no commandment greater than these. No commandment greater than these. The, the love, and we know, we've, we've talked, we've got lessons on, on, on what the love of God and the love of Christ is. It, it is action-oriented, right? It is a love that seeks the best for you and for me and for all of mankind. It is, it is the type of love that says, 
Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And you will have what you need to believe. You will have what you need to confess. And you will have what you need to name Christ as Lord in your life. And so my challenge to myself and to you and to everyone watching us um, from home is to spend some time, spend some time contemplating, looking um, at yourself, at your life, and make sure, right? You may have to do some rearranging. You, you, you may have to do some purging, right? Make sure that Christ is your master, that your life is in subjection to him, because it is easy, it is easy to get sidetracked from that. To think, to think that you're still hitting those check marks like the, the rich young ruler, but, but not firmly entrenched in that relationship the way, the way he wants it. Spend some time, church, doing that this week. If you're here today, of course, we're, all, you know, we're, we're always here and available, but if you're here this day and you have, if you have any need, if, if you've not named Christ your Lord, we would encourage you to do that. And we have water that is ready. It is a, it is a simple but faithful act and response to, to his, his request. Just like the people said that day, what shall we do? That's what he, that's, that's all, <laughs> that's all, right? That's what he asks, right? The, the, the first act of faith, right? He, he acts, we act. The first act of faith is that baptism for the repentance of sin. If you have any other needs, we would invite you to come uh, while we stand and while Caleb leads us in song.